Obstruction, a Grammar for the City, by Pierre Vittorio Aurelli, Kirsten Gears, Martino Tatara, and David Van Severin. 1. In the 1920s, form was supposed to follow function. In the 1960s, form was supposed to follow movement. In the 1990s, form was supposed to follow program. In the 2000s, form was supposed to follow icons. The time will come when form will follow itself. Architectural form will be there before being something. It will be there after, hard and unalterable, relentlessly mocking its own meaning, its function, program, content, images, style, client, representations, presentations, uh, representations, pretensions. Two. In the fact of the current value-free fetishism of information, analysis, diagrams, mappings, multidisciplinary discourses and research, it seems impossible to raise the issue of architectural form. Yet a large part of today's architecture is gratuitous formalism, despite all the programmatic, functional, philosophical, sociological and technological arguments to the contrary. It is precisely for this reason that it has, begun, that it has again become urgent to raise the issue of form the crucial and only question to answer is, how can the formal language of architecture be politically and socially reverent, uh, relevant from within its specific constraints? It should be stated from the outset that we are not interested in the hermeneutics of architectural form, rather we're interested in its instrumental criti criticality in so much as it defines the, real, the realm and the problems of architecture in so much as it establishes a subjective way of composing things, in so much as it is a limited and precise scope for seeing things. The responsibility of the architect coincides with the responsibility of form. Architectural form is critical not for being the image of something hermeneutic, some hermeneutic uh, paranoia or newness per se, but for articulating conditions which allow a public and therefore coherent utterance to be made. In a world of incoherent yet persuasive publicity, the role of architectural form as enabler of public utterance is critical, even under the architecture's current circumstances of production and consumption. Three, traditionally, a formalist attitude is identified with processes, techniques, materials, in short, with how, how form is produced and composed. This awareness of form is important, but it is often used as an alibi for comfortable neutrality. We embrace the project of formalism with a new question, why? Why form? And why this form rather than another? Formalism here is conceived as public self-reflection by the architects. We are the makers of architectural forms. We know them and are responsible for them. We must continuously ask ourselves, why is this architectural form necessary? Four. Crucial for us is the difference between recognition and perception. Recognition of an, object's, of an object works through a given system of conventions, symbols, and formulae, while perception is a dynamic act of seeing and a first step towards the estrangement brought into play by the architect's techniques for mobilizing what, until then, had not and could not have come into view. In the context of late capitalism, in which aesthetics and culture are the main productive forces. Such a position aims to define a counter space of action for the architect who is increasingly subjected to fashionable aesthetic mainstreams. Late capitalism intends to blur 
design with the everyday in order to make society itself a convincing and therefore productive work of art. The relevance of formalism then consists not merely of establishing the autonomy of architectural craftsmanship, but emancipating the architect from an exploitative imagery, from an exploitative imagery by offering him the full awareness of his position. Five, architectural form is itself and nothing else, but its irreducibility, irreducible absoluteness, its being in and for itself does not end there in a self-referential loop. The finite nature of architectural form defines itself critically always both against and for something else. Architectural form is at once opposed to and in the disposition and at the disposal of that which is external to it. Conjecture about architectural form is really a means to imagining configurations framed by architecture without predicting either their content or course. Six, it is a popular practice in architecture to work with a concept that puts imagery, function, movement, program, data, icons, logos, diagrams first and make architecture second. But this is a mistake, dooming architecture to a permanent and hopeless redundancy. We turn the problem on its head, reverse the polarity and start again from the beginning. The beginning is architectural form in its absoluteness seen against the course of life it seeks to serve and frame. The essence of architectural form lies in its obstructiveness. Architectural form works as a strategy simply by existing. It is there to advance its context, not itself. It does not offer the endless and unfocused possibility, but establishes limits. Its dictatorial framing is only unbalanced by the city, whose uncanny nature and contents it seeks to civilize. 7. Architecture in its elementary construction is only form. Walls, rooms, corridors, ramps, floors. We view this grammar as the essential political site of appropriation, inhabitation, imagination and composition. We are wary of the pretensions of current architectural discourse which strikes us as a terminology of useless complexity program, digital morphing, branding, technological fetishism, etc. We believe that only by focusing on the absoluteness of architecture can one truly and honestly evoke, by negative inference, the unpredictable and unforeseeable complexity of life that will unfold, unfold within it. 8. If we were to summarise life in a city and life in a building in one gesture, it would be it would have to be that of passing through walls. Every moment of our existence is a continuous movement through space defined by walls. Architects cannot define how program changes, how movement performs, how flows unfold, how change occurs. The only program that can reliably be attributed to architecture is its specific inertia in the face of life's mutability. Life is the essence of the city, or rather, of its contents. 9. Architecture is a constructive and theoretical apparatus whose publicness, in most cases, is less exclusive than that of art. Simply by being, architecture is manifesting a definition of public space. By public space, we don't mean a legal definition that sets it apart from private space, but a shared space which 
given its collectiveness, defines a form of coexistence among individuals. For this reason, there is no option but, to, but for architecture to express itself through a language that is radically and consciously appropriate, that is clear in its goals and its cause, able to represent and institutionalise the business of living as a value which is, by definition, at once universal and singular. Architecture cannot have any goal apart from that of relentless inquiry into its singularity, the very singularity by which it constitutes this city. Architecture must address the city even when the city has no goal for architecture. For this reason, the city is ultimately the only object for and method of architectural investigation. Conjecture about the form of the city is the only way to answer the question, why architecture? We answer this question in the form of a project for a city. This project was conceived as a competition entry for the design of a new multifunctional city in Korea. It became for us the opportunity to construct a grammar in which architectural form is seen as the programmatic fulcrum of the city's invention. 10. Today, many large-scale urban design developments are the result of private investment. Private investment is capable of optimising sustainability in very limited sections of the city, but it fails to propose values and images of publicness that go beyond its own interests. What is needed then is not a mere strategy of programme accommodation, but rather a principle that transcends public and private towards a new idea of civic communality. Democracy is not absolute freedom, but a set of precise principles guaranteeing equality in the enabling of individual freedom. We believe that while the city is the enabling playground for private enterprise, the playground itself should be an, an intelligible set of shared and visible principles. It is perhaps an old idea, but, it is our pro but in our proposal, the position is reflected in the overt simplicity of the playground's apparent formal organisation. 11. We propose a city of rooms instead of a city of streets. We propose a city of frames instead of a, ci a city of landmarks. City developments will be con concentrated on the flat part of the assigned area with the purpose of preserving the integrity of the existing landscape and reinforcing a sharp contrast between the city and its exterior. In the layout, of the, in the, layout the city is organised as, as a sequence of rooms enclosed by what we refer to as city walls. The city walls are cruciform buildings and they establish the space for development. They are the basic habitable architectural infrastructure at a service of urban space generation. The city walls and their resulting rooms act as a framing system, a generator of available space. Just as it used, it just as it used to be for streets, the city walls and rooms are not the conclusive form of the city, but rather its definitive beginning, its primary urban datum. The result is a city where the grid is a built structure rather than a server of building. Urbanism and architecture are one city section. Twelve. The choice of the room as the main theme of the city is meant to collapse the distinction between interior and exterior in the urban sections organised by the enclosing walls. The city at uh, the room principle organises the necessary the necessary separations of city units and reinforces their communality. The space of the urban room emphasises accessibility as the sharing of spaces rather than just the infrastructure plugging in of units. The frame organises the unplannable by providing the rooms with a fixed and precise background in our proposal. The, it, it, 
background. In our proposal, the inhabitable city walls are intended as an urban architectural object whose purpose is the coincidence of fix fixity and flexibility. The city wall is intended as the geometrical place where the determination of frame and the unpredictability of content are solved in one form. This form is the experience of enclosure as a primary element that unifies and separates domestic and urban life. 13. A public transport ring establishes the perimeter of the development area. In the initial stage, development takes place in proximity to the main uh, to the four main stations that link car traffic from the outside with the public transport system. Starting from these poles, development will gradually occupy the city's interior. Public transport hubs indicate the priorities for development. In the place of the more typical centre towards periphery movement, our proposal concerns development from the periphery towards the centre. This principle is meant to preserve the rigidity of the city's limits while allowing flexibility of development towards its core. 14. The principle we choose is explicitly arbitrary, but once we are committed to such a beginning, the resulting organism will follow a natural evolution. Whether the evolution of this organism continues or stops will depend on the use of the principle, not as an abstract programmatic scenario controlled by some diagram, but as a real and passionate political will to construct a city. 15. The image of the city is the non-iconic appearance of walls. In, their, in, in our proposal, we deliberately restrict our design to the definition of city walls, intending to provide the minimum design necess necessary for urban coexistence to flourish. 16. Once we've restricted the design of the city to city walls, the outcome is not a city made up of streets and plazas of interior and exterior layouts. The outcome is space. The principle categorical, categorically refuses the old street building syntax of, our, of the city. Our proposal addresses a city without streets, composed only as an array of spaces framed by walls. The perception of the city will be constituted by a sequence of rooms in which content is staged as furniture. Further building development inside the urban rooms will be visible available, playful, and at the same time overwhelmed by its captive condition. The city will look like a house in which everyday passage through rooms makes the feeling of the architecture more relevant to our lives and less important in relation to itself. 17. The construction of our proposal depends heavily on the feeble relationship between both two basic components, walls and spaces. Wall is the servant, space is the master. The inhabitable wall acts as a servant in a blissful state of innocence, giving so much in return for so little. Such an attitude plays a critical role since it establishes a regime of equality. The symmetry determining factors like plot dimension and serviceable area. The servant is both the enclosure of urban space and the domestic shelf, a building on its own which despite its abstract character has harmonious spatial offerings. This abstract representation, uh, this abstract, uh, this abstraction represents a new monumentality, always on the verge of dissolution, disappearance.
The room, the space enclosed by the city walls, acts as a master. Aware of its generic character, it is reluctant to attach itself to a specific program. The master is a module that can stand alone or as a component of a larger unit. Regardless of the arrangement, asymmetry will always result due to the sharp disequilibrium between the room's dictatorial framing and the uncanny nature of the content it seeks to civilize. Walls as servants and rooms as masters together form the only essential principle of the city, and it is one that sets aside all celebrations but one, an idea of the city that is served, spared, by the uncompromising conclusion of its own logic. Taking walls and spaces as the bare essentials of our position, of our position city development can be that of a bifurcation path along which linear logic and blunt juxtaposition can start to give way to a completely new grammar of the city. 18. The days of systems, mappings, random research, complexity, of vulgarity elevated to the status of systematic discourse are over. What is needed now is a new beginning with rigorous one-sided logic, courage and determination for ourselves and detached irony towards the rest.